Spoiler alert, this podcast contains information about the New Year's Eve episode of Sewing Bee. Hello and welcome to episode two of Sewing Bee Unpicked with Rob and Sean. And we're going to be discussing the New Year's episode of Sewing Bee today. So this episode... We had four new celebrity contestants, Leslie Joseph, the Vivian, Sabrina Grant and Sally Phillips. What did you think about uh, about this selection? I loved this selection. Um, I will put my hands up. I do not know much about Sabrina Grant. To be honest, this was the first time I'd ever really heard of her. But then, to be honest, my recent jobs, I've not really had that much time to watch TV. So, uh, yeah, so... It was nice learning about her. It was nice to kind of be introduced to her. Um, Leslie Jones, obviously, she's very iconic. Those of you who don't know her, she was pretty much... It was probably Birds of a Feather, which was a most famous role. I might be wrong, but... Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's the most famous way everybody should know her from, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sally Fields. Uh, what can I say about Sally Fields? Just true icon um shazza from bridget jones is my fondest memory of her she was when i was growing up she was what i wanted to be when i was an adult um so yeah i love sally fields bits and obviously the vivian uh, everyone knows her from the very first season of rupaul's drag race uk um, she's a very well-known drag queen in the uk She's absolutely stunning, always presented amazingly. Um, yeah, so I thought they had quite a good selection and it was nice. There was lots of people from different backgrounds. Yeah, I definitely think there was um, there was a, a mix of kind of skill levels in there. I mean, they all kind of said that they were um, either non-sewers or had very limited sewing um, backgrounds. I know the Vivian it, later in the episode mentioned that um, she'd got a sewing machine when she was in school and used to um, take boys' um, jeans home and turn them into skinny jeans. Which yeah. I thought, thought that was quite funny. And sewing denim isn't the easiest thing to do either. No, it really isn't. Admittedly, I had a friend's mum who did that for me uh, because I had loads of jeans that I loved, but I wanted skinny jeans. So, yeah, she converted a lot of my jeans into skinny jeans for me. <laughs> And and Sabrina Grant also, she commented that she had uh, an overlocker at home, which kind of surprised me. And I, I thought, well, if she's got an overlocker, then she's probably got a sewing machine. So I'm guessing she doesn't probably use those much. But hopefully going forward, maybe this has given her the uh, encouragement to actually start using those. Well, she did admit that she had an overlocker that sat at home and she didn't use uh, which was pretty much how I treated my very first overlocker. <laughs> I think I'd had my overlocker for nearly two years before I actually like sparked the courage up to actually use it. Obviously, I attempted to use it. It completely freaked the hell out of me. And then it sat on my desk for yeah nearly two years before I actually bucked up the courage to use it again. I think everyone's kind of got one of those stories with, with overlockers. I think a, a lot of people that I've spoken to, and me as well, got it and then was excited and then it kind of scared the bejeebas out of you and then yeah. you kind of put it away for a bit until you get used to it I, I couldn't live without mine now 
I absolutely love mine. I just got a cheap one from Lidl and it has been a complete trooper and it sews um, and overlocks through everything. And I love it. But um, but I, th- I think they do is one of those machines that really kind of scares people. I think for me, the moment I realized it had a blade on it, I was like, OK, this is this is it now. Once I use this and it starts cutting that fabric, it's it. If it goes wrong, I'm screwed. And yeah, it was the learning how to thread it. That was the bit that always confused the absolute hell out of me. Um, But yeah, like you, I now can't live without my overlocker. I am just very fortunate enough that last year I saved up a little bit of money and uh, treated myself to one that threads itself. Oh my God. I don't have to worry about that bit anymore. I just push a button and it threads itself. I didn't even know they did like self-threading ones that's yeah. amazing oh my god it is an absolute angel it weighs a ton it really does weigh a ton i've given myself plenty of bruises moving it from like my bedroom to the garage to putting it in the boot of my car it weighs an absolute ton um but i've named her brunhilda and i <laughs> love her to bits she's just my absolute lifesaver right so this episode i love the little opening fortune teller bit um with joe esme and patrick that really yeah. like made me chuckle that was a nice little touch to it as uh we're all hoping that 2021 is going to be a better year than last year um sadly with the recent news uh it's probably going to just be a repeat of last year but fingers crossed for any listeners who aren't in the uk we have just gone into like super lockdown so um i think there's going to be another um another announcement later today and i'm assuming that we're going to go into some kind of post-apocalyptic future mad max style and we'll all be fighting in thunderdome for scraps of food but if you need any costumiers for your mad max inspired outfit you know where to find us (laughs) Um, also, have to special note for Joe Lysett's jacket, the um, uh, pink and black zebra sequin number. Oh, that was stunning. All about that. And Esme's jacket as well, with the little kind of embroidered mirror detail as well. Yeah. Oh, just Esme is always impeccable. I love Esme to bits. And Patrick getting his legs out with his kilt, showing yes. his Scottish heritage. Yes, I mean, that kilt is stunning. He looks good in a kilt. I wish I was tall enough to pull off a kilt. Not pull <laughs> off quite physically, but you know what I mean. Um, so, challenge one, the pattern challenge, a child's party skirt. Um, what did you think about this as a, as a selection for a pattern? I thought this was a good one, particularly for amateur sewers. You've got your elastics, you've got your netting, you've got a bit of technical detail that you've got to look at. Sadly, some people didn't read their instructions very well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, I thought it was a good challenge. I mean, it's obviously for the two of us, we've been sewing for a while now. It probably wouldn't be the first thing we'd think of. We'd probably come up with some really horrifically technical pattern that we'd challenge people to use. But yeah, I really liked it, actually. And I thought they all did really, really well. Yeah, I loved uh, I loved what they all came up with, really. And the I guess the tricky bits on this pattern would really be sewing um, the net in into, that, into the waistband, into the, yeah. the stretch of that. I guess for people who don't sew, that would probably be like a little bit daunting to do. 
Yeah, no, netting is my worst nightmare. I tend to avoid it if I can. But yeah, no, it's, I thought it was a very, very good challenge. It was cute. I did feel a little bit sorry for Leslie not having her glasses and people trying to sabotage her by telling it was a <laughs> trouser pattern and a lampshade pattern. Um, but yes, it was it was a good choice. And I think everyone actually did very, very well, particularly as it did ask for people to use an overlocker to do a rolled hem i thought that was quite a big step for first time sewers yeah i actually haven't done a rolled hem on my overlocker yet it's not the kind of thing that uh, i don't normally sew with those kind of fabrics where you do do rolled hem but it is something that i would like to learn how to do and actually looking at this pattern i did think you know what later in the year maybe i've got friends who've got little girls maybe i will try and knock up a few little party skirts for them because it, it did look like quite a s- simple fun kind of project that you could just do in an afternoon yep no it looked very very cute at the end of it so if we go through each of the contestants if we look at leslie joseph so she picked a purple and pink netting yep um I really liked, I, I know she was kind of given the tip here by Patrick, but I really like how she used that stretch sequin trim to cover up the stitching. It yeah. Just, I, it I, made it a little bit more uh, professional looking, I thought. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, do we class it as a scandal that uh, Patrick offered a tip to cover up someone's stitching, particularly hiding it from Esme as well? I'm glad she picked it up quite quickly and realised what was going on, but yeah i thought it was very very cute yeah i i liked it i couldn't really fault it i mean obviously has zigzag went a little bit wavy but then who hasn't when we're trying to put elastic onto something that we're trying to then bring back together again um moving on to the vivian um who selected black and gold i thought it was a really good color combination yeah it's one of my favourite colour combinations. I thought it really kind of looked quite festive, quite Christmassy. She put the um, like the the bells on with the holly leaves that I thought was really cute. Baubles, I'm not a hundred percent sure about whether those were really technically needed, but um, but I thought it was a really good go. The funny thing I I kind of thought with the Vivian is when she jumped ahead without reading the instructions and then started cutting everything out in one go. Yeah, I have to say, if someone spent a little less time doing a costume change, no shade here, but (laughs) sewing competition, really, did you need to do a costume change? If you knew you were going to be sewing, why wear the ball gown in the first place? Again, no shade. I love the Vivian to bits. But I think had she'd spent little less time doing a costume change, she might have actually had a bit more time to read the instructions. Yeah, I think that shortcut really kind of backfired in the end because she had to go back, unpick, recut, and it was kind of a bit of a waste. I think it's quite a daunting um, thing probably to go on there and suddenly to be presented with a pattern. I would sit down and for just five minutes, I would read the pattern from front to back no a basic idea of what i'm doing all the steps before i even got the fabric out yeah exactly and yeah i think again if she just avoided that little costume change 
turned up prepared, I think she would have given herself a bit more time. And like they say, the golden rule of sewing and crafting, measure twice, measure again, measure one more time, then cut. And I think it should go the same with when you're doing uh, any sort of pattern for the first time. Read it, read it, read it again, measure it out, then cut it. Yeah, I tend to, if, I, if I'm starting a new pattern I've never done before, I tend to sit and read the whole thing, go through it. So I kind of understand because sometimes, sometimes in some of the, the patterns you buy, it asks you to do something at an early stage, which won't make a lot of sense. But if you've read later on, you kind of say, ah, oh, that's why I'm doing that seam now, because later you can't get to it or kind of. Exactly. Yeah, you need to build up on those kind of foundations. So I always tend to read, read the patterns. Um all the way through and before I make a start. I thought the other funny thing was where Esme spotted the Vivian's share tattoo. And then, oh, yes, that little moment they shared together. And then she happened just to drop into conversation that she'd been to Cher's house and looked through Cher's wardrobe. I mean, I would just be impressed if I'd met someone for the first time and they mentioned that they were friends with Esme. But the fact that Esme's also a person who has to name drop themselves and she name drops share of all people, it's yeah, that was that was a golden moment. And I'm sure the Vivian and Esme have really bonded over that. Yeah, it was definitely it was so cute. Um so next contestant, Sabrina Grant. She picked a pink and a blue netting, but then on the final piece, it looked like it only had one layer of netting. Yeah, I think the two of them sort of where they'd been kind of weaved together and netting, sometimes it can get a bit staticky, so sometimes the layers are going to get a bit stuck together. Um, I think that's where it sort of changed the colour a little bit on hers, so it just looked like she'd used one rather than both of them. Um I mean, it wasn't a bad idea, but I think that's why the lining needs to contrast, not the two nettings, because one is really going to cancel out the other if they don't kind of blend. Um, yeah, she'd used like um like a red wine for the lining, and I thought it looked I thought it looked nice. I thought it looked cute, um, yeah. but it wasn't the effect that I thought she was maybe going for when she started. Yeah, I think if she wanted to, uh, if she was going for the effect that I think she was trying to achieve, what she would have needed to have done was cut out both of the circles of netting and then stitch them individually and then gather them, then stitch those two bits of netting together. So that way they don't become one piece, they're two separate pieces. So then they're kind of the um, gatherings fight against each other. So they're not just on top of each other if that makes sense yeah and then she she had a few issues one of them being the rolled hem where she wasn't quite doing that right on the overlocker yeah um, and that turned into a bit of a dog's dinner and the other was when she was maybe a, being a bit gung-ho with her stretching of the elastic as she was sewing the lining and the net into it. So she had her nice little elastic tab on the side of it, <laughs> which, I mean, we've all been there, haven't we? You've overstretched the elastic thinking this is going to be perfect, and you go, oh, okay then, this is... I've now got more than I needed. You end up with that, that extra inch at the end, and you're like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah, and I mean, beginner's mistake. I can easily forgive her for that. 
And also, I think even if she had the time, if she went back and unpicked that, then you're going to risk damaging the netting. So I thought she just did a good job of just trying to cover it up. Stick a robin on it. Stick a robin on it. It never happened. And if anyone criticised, you just mentioned that the robin needs somewhere to sit. But yeah, I thought she did a good job. And I mean, again, we've all made that kind of rookie mistake when something says a rolled hem. If you take that literally, you're going to think, oh, I need to roll this hem and not realise that actually that is a setting on the overlocker. And that's why I thought the overlocker bit was a bit harsh for amateur sewers. Yeah, I'm wondering if they gave them like a crash course in it or whether there was any kind of instruction there or whether they just literally said there's an overlocker, get on with it. Yeah, I think I imagine they probably would have given them a crash course. They did mention that they gave them a crash course in using the sewing machines so i imagine they probably would have given a crash course in an overlocker but maybe have left out that one little bit of that this machine does your rolled hem for you you don't have to roll it yourself so lastly we've got sally phillips who picked a glitter silver mesh which i absolutely loved yep it was very cute And then she used a navy band and she had a white lining. I really enjoyed these kind of colour combinations. Yeah, no, they were very pretty. They were very festive as well, which is I quite liked. I mean, the four of them, the Vivian and Sally, they theirs had festive party vibes to them. Whereas Leslie's was more kind of pretty girl tutu. And I suppose sort of the same for Sabrina as well. It was very pretty children's all-around party dress, whereas I think Sally and Vivian went for that festive party dress, which I I appreciated. And yeah, I loved I loved the little com- colour combination. I completely understand where she went wrong with the elastic, and I can sort of see her argue her her reasoning behind it. Um, but yeah, I I thought she did really well for someone who had said that she'd never she hadn't sewn for thirty five years. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when she basically was born, she started sewing. Um, but yeah, no, I thought she did a really really good job of it. It seemed cute. It seemed it seemed well sewn to me. Yeah, I definitely it was giving me kind of uh, kind of. Uh, Disney princess kind of frozen vibes. Yep. It, it kind of twinkled. I, I thought all of them did really well, uh, I had to say. It was a good, I think it was a really good challenge. Yeah, I think um, the Vivian was definitely the worthy winner of it because the over, when you take into consideration the little hiccup we had with uh, not reading our instructions very well, I thought she did really well. She attempted the overlocker and her overall finish was really, really good. And it was simplistic as well. It wasn't over the top, which is sometimes people can just go that little bit too crazy with it. Um, But yeah, I thought the Vivian was definitely the worthy winner of it. It was quite a tough call, really, because everyone made little hiccups here and there, but I don't disagree with the judge's decision. I thought it was all pretty fair and yeah. Yeah, um... me too. So moving on to challenge two, transformation challenge, the Panto challenge. This was brilliant. I thought this was a fantastic transformation challenge. I thought this is this is quite this 
could be quite difficult as well. Yeah, I mean, they. This felt like a proper transformation challenge, though. Unlike yes. last episodes where it was more of a disguise the dog jacket transformation challenge, I thought everyone did really, really well and they actually deconstructed things, put things back together. It felt like a proper transformation challenge to me. And yeah, I thought this could be really, really difficult depending on what they're given to transform into a panto outfit. And yeah, I was really, really impressed with the outcome. What would what would you have done if you'd been there as one of the contestants? What would you have done? Um, oh, that's a tricky one. See, my brain, sort of like the Vivian, when she said uh, Panto makes her think of screaming kids, ice cream and despair. It's as much as I love the Panto as a kid, as an adult now, that's probably one of the last places I want to be <laughs> right now. Um I probably would have gone for The Ugly Sisters or Widow Twanky just because I love that drag aspect of it. Uh, but probably in that moment in time, I would have either have gone for like the fairy godmother, the sidekick to the main character or the princess. Yeah. When, uh, when I saw that rack, my mind went a bit blank and I saw some stripy stuff and I thought, oh, um, I could do a pirate but then I thought I can't actually think of any pantomimes with pirates in and then I was madly racking my brain to try and think of uh, any pantos that I'd seen um, I think I probably would have also gone for some kind of um, fairy godmother kind of look yeah I think the last time I saw a pirate in a pantomime was when I was at secondary school and the drama teacher had so many people that wanted to be in the school panto that she had to basically create characters, sort of like the panto at the end of Love Actually, where you've got so many added characters like the whale and the lobster and the octopus that go to <laughs> see the baby Jesus. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was sort of like, that's what our kind of school panto was like. It was very... Let's just add as many characters into this as possible so everyone gets a chance to be in it, <laughs> even if it does completely take us away from the plot of the entire play. Um, yeah, I, I have to say, I don't think I've ever, apart from that one time, I've ever seen a pirate in a pantomime. No. We could be wrong, and if anyone knows of any pantos that had pirates in it, please let us know. Good job I wasn't there, because I would have had to then try to justify why I'd done a pirate. <laughs> So, um, Leslie Joseph, who did The Ugly Sister. Now, mm. I this was the one I was least impressed with. There was a lot of padding, but not much actual sewing. I think the only sewing I actually saw was when she attached the Christmas teddies to it and when she put the fringe on the skirt. Other than that, as Michelle Visage would say on Drag Race, you wrapped a piece of fabric around it. Yeah, there was there was a very basic wrap skirt going on. There was tassels everywhere. This was a bit of a hot mess. I I think the thing that killed it for me the most, and I I really had to bite my tongue a lot whilst watching this. And I'm really sorry, Leslie. 
I think you did a very, very good job, but it was a bit of a hot mess, was when she decided to start putting bits of Christmas tree on it. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that branch was needed coming out the top. No, when she said, oh, I need to start thinking about the hair, that's when I realised that she's forgotten that this is a sewing competition and you're supposed to be sewing a costume for a pantomime character, not creating the hair for the pantomime character, not randomly sticking branches in a scarf for the pantomime character. I think she lost sight. I think she got too excited when they mentioned Panto. And she suddenly felt very nostalgic. And I think that's what distracted her from uh, actually remembering it was a sewing competition. Yeah, I think she definitely lost the plot there. Um, But moving on to somebody who very much didn't lose the plot and was doing a lot of sewing, the Vivian, who chose to do Cinderella. Yep. I was really impressed here. She was making darts. She was cutting a new neckline. A really clever use of the bias binding to make the ragged skirt. She yep. frayed edges. She put sewn on dusters, which I thought was a really cute little kind of um, idea. Uh, I was really actually impressed with the final look of the Cinderella. I thought she did really, really well. And the fact that she went with pre-Prince Cinderella, not the beautiful bowl ground she went for, Cinderella, who is cleaning everything up. I thought she did a very, very good job. She gets brownie points from me for using every single bit of that shirt that she had picked up. She used the collar. She It was fantastic. I thought she did really, really well. The only thing I probably would have liked a little bit more would be if she maybe found bias binding that was the same, or, or at least the same kind of collection of colours that were in the shirt. Because I just, for me, I it, the bias binding skirt stood out a bit too much. If that makes sense, that was okay. just a bit. There was just a bit too much of a contrast in the shades and the brightness of the colour. And because it was all sateen as well, you had this beautiful sateen shine against a cotton shirt. I didn't mind the blues that she used on the skirt. Um, I didn't mind that it kind of didn't match the top. I was pleased that she used all blues and she yep. she didn't go crazy rainbow like using every color there was yep. it was it was like a navy it was like a cobalt blue and it was like a baby blue um i uh, that didn't bother me too much um and i think it was a really clever idea to do the the pre-transformation uh, cinderella because if you have a scruffy seam or hem or whatever you can just be like oh it's supposed to be like that yeah, exactly. No, she did a fantastic job of it. And it was nice to see that she went for that pre-transformation Cinderella. She did well. She did very well. So uh, moving on to Sabrina. And I thought um, Sabrina made a really strong start. She did Jasmine. And I thought it was a really clever idea to get that dress, chop the top off. She instantly had kind of a top. And... Uh, the sewing up of the the skirt section into the harem pants, that was a really good idea. And I thought they looked really effective. I have a feeling she kind of ran out of steam, though, towards the end and then just started kind of gluing 
stuff on and it didn't really for me sit that well with what she'd done yeah i think she had half the plan and then once she got to the end of that plan kind of went okay this is not enough i thought the dress that she cut up i loved the pattern on it i loved the color combination when she made the harem pants i knew exactly who she was going for Though she could have also gone for a female genie if she wanted to. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I thought she did really, really well. I, Yeah, when she started cutting out the hearts, I, that's when I kind of thought, no, she's, she's lost track now. She's just trying to fill up that negative space. That she, and yeah, I could kind of see where she was coming from. She was worried that it wasn't as much of a transformation as everyone else's because it did only involve cutting a dress in half, sewing the bottom of the dress together to make her in pants, and then that was it. Uh, but yeah, I, I felt kind of bad for her. She had a strong idea, but I think she just ran out of ideas and couldn't execute it the way that she really wanted to and how she actually saw it. Yeah, maybe she could have done like a little hooded cape or something. Yeah. I don't know, just it's something extra just kind of to add on there. Yeah, no, I I mean, she gets brownie points from me. I love a harem pant. I love the colour that she, the colour of the dress. Obviously, she didn't necessarily choose that one. Or, I mean, she did choose it. You get what I mean. My brain is not working today at all. But, yeah, I loved the choice. I loved the base idea. She got brownie points from me for the harem pants. I was quite happy with it. I just, like Leslie, I think she just got to that point where she felt like she needed to add more and kept adding without actually thinking. So, moving on to the last contestant, Sally Phillips, who chose to do a incredibly ambitious um, transformation and do a pantomime horse. Now, when she said she was going to do this... I thought this is going to go horribly wrong. Yeah, it was um, it was ambitious. It was interesting. Um, I was a little worried about her because, yeah, it wouldn't have been as much as we all know. The pantomime horse is an icon of every pantomime. It wouldn't have been the first thing that I would have thought of. And I am so glad that she thought of it and she really persevered with it because that was one of the best transformation challenges I think I've ever seen on the every series. That was the best one out of all of them because she really transformed the hell out of that. It was a onesie and then a pair of tracksuit bottoms, wasn't it? And then she found yeah. a bit of fabric to make the middle section of it. She did the eyes, and then she used the uh, the baseball cap, whatever that bit is called. I don't know the name of it. To make the <laughs> hooves of the horse, obviously with Joe's help. Um, I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and she was a well-deserved winner of that challenge. Definitely. I mean, when I saw the rack, and I did see quite a bit of brown on there, I did think, oh, you could do a pantomime horse, or... Um, or like a pantomime cow from like yeah. kind of beanstalk. But if I'd have been there, I don't think I'd have been brave enough to take on something 
so big because that's a big project for 90 yeah, minutes. And uh, just my favorite bit was while she was making it, how she said how it was very inconsiderate that they didn't supply her with a horse mannequin. And I just thought, <laughs> you know what? That would have been my argument. I would have gone, well, you guys didn't supply me with a horse mannequin, so I had to make do with what I had around me. And art, I just, I loved it. I really, really loved it. And the fact that she got the face details on there as well, hers was the best transformation challenge I think I've ever seen. It, yeah, it really was. It was a surprising amount of work. It wasn't the best zone no. in the world, but she did so much work. Yeah, the eyes, she had the little googly eyes, which I thought was hilarious. She had the diamond on the the muzzle of the horse she'd done a mane she'd done a tail the i think she'd even put some um wadding in the body yeah. section where she kind of sewed up the felt um it was a lot of work it for 90 was. minutes so i mean she really has to be applauded like that was a, a definite even though i loved the vivian cinderella and i thought it was a really kind of classy and it, it looked quite professional Sally had yeah. to win it on that horse because that was just that was just and genius. when Patrick said that he wanted to he wanted to get on and ride it off into the distance but he was worried that it'd be undecent just made me chuckle it really did um yeah the thought of uh, Patrick mounting that horse I think um quite a lot of ladies of a certain age may have wanted to see that <laughs> I think there's more than just a, a group of ladies at a certain age that wanted to see that I think he's actually got a wider fan base than Joe Lysick gave credit for. <laughs> so that was the Transformation yep. Challenge. Moving on to the Made to Measure Challenge to create a kind of festive, cocktail inspired dress. I thought they all did fantastic yeah, on this as they well. They did a really, really, really good job. They were beautifully created. I loved that we got a variety of different styles. Obviously, we got a variety of different styles last time, but yeah, they were just absolutely beautiful. And there were quite a few people who got Shawnee Brownie points on this challenge. Um, yeah, I've... Sabrina's was just, as we discussed last time, I love green velvet. I love stretch velvet. The moment she turned around and she said she was using green velvet, I was so happy. So, yeah, Sabrina's, it, it was a, a beautiful, very classy, elegant cocktail dress. That very dark, dark green velvet looked, it looked really luxurious. It looked expensive. Um, quite tricky to sew mm -hmm. with as well. She's very, very lucky. The last time I used stretch velvet, when you put stretch velvet through an overlocker, you get covered in dust. And as much as... It was a very pretty coloured dust that I was using because it obviously velvet's got such a nice pile to it. And then you're basically chopping it up through an overlocker. Um, my overlocker was pink after that. It took ages <laughs> to clean that up. My clothes were covered in pink. I couldn't even put I had to get several lint roller refills just to get rid of the pink dust. But yeah, I oh, props to her. She got brownie points. That was a stunning, stunning dress. Uh, I sewed a, a child's cape with a purple stretch velvet for a friend's nice. daughter um, that was supposed to be kind of a frozen kind of cape. 
and and what I found one of the difficulties, as well as being absolutely covered in purple fluff, um, was the the front of the velvet had that lovely kind of velvet feel, and the back was quite a shiny, slippery, yeah. um, kind of almost like a knit where if you didn't put a lot of pins in, things were moving about as well as it being stretchy. Yeah. So I really have to applaud her because the final, although the final had a few little tucks and it had a few bumps and stuff, it, it really did from a distance look, look quite good. I know she didn't manage to finish it, but I think what she did produce was really excellent work. The only issue I had with it is I thought the leg slit should have been yes, higher. Yes, I do think the leg slit should have been higher. I but I I loved it. I was absolutely in awe. And considering she hadn't been doing very well in the previous uh, parts of the competition, she really, really did fantastic. She brought it back, and I genuinely thought she was going to be very close to winning. Uh, she, it was beautiful. I was gobsmacked. I had no words at the time. I just thought it was absolutely stunning. So moving on to uh, Leslie yep. Josephs, who did a 1950s ball gown. I thought this was um, quite a difficult pattern um, for somebody who hadn't sewn before. Was it had the sweetheart neckline, eight curved pieces, some of them where you're attaching a curve to a straight seam. Um, and it was inspired by kind of the pantomime kind of fairy princess kind of look i liked it but for me i didn't get party dress and no you're right i didn't I got either bridal from it yes exactly that's and what i got as much as she did a fantastic job i mean i suppose this is probably just me taking challenges too literally sometimes that sometimes i get myself into my own little sewing box and I have that idea and that's what it needs to be like. And then anyone else who deviates from that, I'm like, oh, what the hell are you doing? Um, but yeah, I got bridal and she also, bit of a scandal, brought in her own petticoat to use underneath it, which I was like, mm, I don't think that should be allowed. But I'm, <laughs> I've tried... Harsh critic, Sean, you're a harsh, harsh critic. critic. But it, I mean, I've tried to make a petticoat before. I cried whilst trying to make a petticoat. So I could understand that you wouldn't, you, they'd let her bring it in because she'd spend most of the competition just trying to make that petticoat. They would have had to have given her time off from the other challenges just to get a head start on herself. But yeah, I got bridal, but it was very well executed. I think the only part I didn't like so much was the fact that because she used that kind of netted layer for the skirt part it was see-through and you could see straight through to the petticoat mm. i think had she had gone for the same fabric for the skirt part she could have completely avoided needing a petticoat in the first place and saved herself a lot of time yeah yeah it's hard for me to kind of imagine what it would look like but yeah i see what you're saying with the with the whole see-through I also got the bridal feel from it, and I thought maybe it was because it was in such a soft yeah. pink 
um, combined with the with the silhouette of it. I thought maybe if she'd done it in kind of like um, an antique gold colour or yeah. like a black, it would have had more of an evening look to it rather than kind of a summery bright. Yeah, and I think dress. if she had maybe taken where she has the sweetheart neckline, if she had maybe taken a bit of ribbon or something and put it around and made it into a halter neck, I would have got more of an evening vibe from it as well. But she did, fan for someone who doesn't sew, she did a really, really good job on that bodice. She deserves a she, lot of praise she, for that. She also amended it as well when she did a fitting and she noticed that, that she needed to take some out yep. of the shoulders to kind of bring the the body, the bre breast part of the bust up. She managed to do that. And I thought actually when, when she'd finished, you couldn't really tell that she'd done that amendment. I thought that was quite quite clever so got yes, no, points for she that gets as well. points for that she did a very very good job now moving on to the vivian who did a very slinky gold sequin fishtail number um very body hugging dress um what did you think about i this? really really liked it she gets brownie points for the fact that it was a self-drafted dress like you've got to give a brownie points for that because yes, a, mer a mermaid easy. tail skirt is a nightmare as well because you've really got to work out the circumference of it. And if your maths isn't good, it is going to be horrendous. And like Vivian said, her maths was horrendous. And she did a really, really good job of it. I loved the colour. For me, I would have maybe have liked, again, like we said for Leslie, more of an antique gold. For me, that kind of bright, I'm not a fan on that bright yellow gold, but that's just my preference. But I thought she did a really, really good job of it. I, when that model started walking down wearing it, I was sat there screaming, yes, queen, <laughs> work. Um, I thought it looked great. From a distance, I thought it looked amazing. Up close, there was a little issue because the the fit was good apart from in the yeah. boob area where it looked like the pattern was for a girl with an A cup and her model was like yeah. a C cup. Yeah. And so the kind of cup area was not really providing any support or wasn't really filled out in the correct way. And she was lucky that there was so much stretch in the fabric that that kind of didn't matter so much. But when you looked at it, you could see where the seam lines were and they weren't in the right yeah, place. Yeah, I also think for a pattern like that, the bodice needs to be a bit more structured. And where she used a stretch fabric, it's not going to give it that structure that it needs. It needed something with a bit more strength to it to be able to really capture that shape. Um, I think had she had used something that was a bit stronger and also put the zip in, I think it would have been absolutely fantastic. But she did a good job. I liked it. The model looked absolutely stunning in it. And yeah, from a distance, it looked beautiful. Um, but from, yeah, up close, when you saw some of the seams and then realised that the uh, breasts weren't in the right place, I was a little bit gutted, but she did a good job. Yeah, I think the, it looked well constru constructed. Um, I think sequins aren't the easiest thing to no. work with, even those kind of little ones. They're not easy to work with. I'd be interested to know what the model said about how comfortable it was to wear if those sequins on the inside where the seams were were causing any issues. 
And I think that the stretch of the fabric was doing a lot of work for the Vivian, which is, I mean, it's a sensible idea. If I was doing a um, a challenge like this, I would probably also pick a stretch yeah. fabric. And, and really, you don't have to worry so much about the fit if you've got that much yeah, stretch. No, definitely. No, she did a good job. She did well. The model looked fantastic in it. But yeah, it was like Sabrina said, it looks good from afar, but far from good. <laughs> but I mean, I have to give her a bit more credit than that. She did a very, very good job and finished the dress. So moving on, our last contestant, Sally Phillips. Um, now she did a dress with a drawstring neckline um, with the big bow and with the, the bell. I don't know what, what this dress type's actually called. I tried to look it up and I couldn't find like a name for this. I don't um, think I've ever actually seen a dress like it before. And oh my God, I loved this one so, so much. The fact that it was gold and purple, which is one of my utmost favourite colour combinations whatsoever. She used her own print, which... From a distance, like when you saw it from a distance, if you didn't know what it was, it was quite an interesting print. But then when you get up close and you find out it's a greyhound, I was like, that is brilliant. I believe it was a greyhound. I might be wrong. Was it a lurcher? Yes, it was a lurcher. It wasn't a greyhound. Um, And then when she gave you the story behind the print, I just, I fell in love with it. I really did. I loved that there was a story there. I loved that she did her own print. I thought it was genius. Um, I thought the construction of the dress with the neckline and the belt it was a very clever yep. idea. You don't have to worry so much about fitting because you can just pull that as tight as exactly. you need it to be. And it's one of those ultimate party dresses. I mean, I'm, I can't speak for everyone, but last time I went to a Christmas Eve party, I ended up bloated from the food before I got drunk. So it would have been nice to have clothes that expanded with you or you could discreetly make it expand. So you had a bit more food, a bit more space for your food. Um, oh, I just loved it. And then when she put pockets in it. Oh, pockets. Who doesn't love I a pocket? I love a pocket. One of my old colleagues and I, we had this thing. She, we When we went shopping together, we had to test out clothing for her because her biggest pet peeve was clothing with fo- uh, false pockets and she said okay. she knew that it was there for decoration but why use a pocket for a decoration she said it was always misleading so the moment i saw that sally put pockets into a dress it automatically made me think of my old colleague and it just made me smile on so many levels of all those little shopping trips that we used to go on and we used to make sure that things actually had pockets on oh i just loved it and the fact that she just kept referring to it as the dog poo bag pocket it's like (laughs) it's not calling it a dog poo bag pocket does not give me that evening dress cocktail party vibe but i just loved it um and esme loves a pocket too so that was uh extra points from esme there slap a massive bow on it and a ma- and some pockets and esme is giving you thumbs so up i think we've worked out how to win sewing beef if we ever get on <laughs> it no matter what the challenge is stick a pocket on it and add a bow love it i i thought i thought she did fantastically well it actually looked really well sewn yep. as well 
No, she did a brilliant job. I was so happy with the outcome. And you know what? Spoiler alert, people. Sally won, and I was so incredibly happy. I just, oh, I had a feeling the Vivian was going to win, but I was so happy when Sally won. I thought the same as well, and I definitely thought it was kind of a toss-up between the Vivian and Sally, and I feel like maybe some of the Vivian's sewing was better, but I thought Sally's really showed a lot of creativity and she kind of pushed herself, um, so I thought it was a very deserving win. Yeah, I. it was just an iconic dress, though. It really was. I, I really want to know what pattern she used. I, I kept pausing it, but I could not see what pattern it was. And then I tried Googling, but I couldn't find... Because I wouldn't mind actually making that dress for yep. somebody. But, so if anybody's listening and knows what pattern that is, send us a message. Yes, please do, because you'll be doing both of us a favour. Um, I, I have to say, though, this, this final challenge, everybody did really well. Um, I mean, they all did a fantastic... They all stepped up and really pushed themselves. And I thought everything that they produced they should be really proud of yeah, themselves they should be but you know what my favorite part of the whole episode was, was joe that? lysett in his james bond audition oh my god i have a note here about oh, that it was it just had me in absolute stitches and when he tried to then do it in welsh i just which sounded like it was yes, geordie and it was just one of those I just thought that was such a fantastic moment ever. I mean, you know what? I do miss Claudia. I loved Claudia. But Joe, I, I love him. He's just fantastic. Yeah. He, if Claude, I mean, yes, Claudia left, but I'm glad that they got Joe Lysett on it because I don't think anyone else would have been able to have filled her boots. Yeah, he's such a good presenter. And I think he he really keeps everybody in good spirits and he he's really funny but then he comes along and he'll have a chat to them and they're trying to get on with stuff and he's kind of annoying them but it's it's funny and i don't think they mind no. that he's kind of pestering them because he does it in such a playful way yeah see for me claudia kind of played that craft mum that was encouraging and trying to make sure everyone was well looked after whereas Joe's giving me that little brother vibe that's like coming to annoy you whilst you're trying to get on with the project and you just want them to go away but you can't help but laugh at them and love them at the same time <laughs> but yeah and I have to say the quotes on this episode as well just some of the things some of the contestants were coming out with I mean still my favorite one after the first challenge was when Sally turned around and said at the end of the day my challenge to myself is to do an impression of a sewing machine it was just, it was one of those moments where I was kind of worried when she first said it. I was like, no, remember you're in a sewing competition. Your first challenge should be to win. <laughs> it's like not to be able to do an impression of a sewing machine. But when I rewatched it over and over again, it just made me chuckle because, I mean, I think we've all been there where we've become so tired and delirious with a project where we've just been racking our brains trying to figure it out. And we can't get there. And suddenly that delirium kicks in and just, you start thinking stupid things and that was just one of those moments I thought I've been in that situation where I've been up late at night trying to finish five dresses and corsets to go with them and I've then started just saying really stupid things in my head. I think also what made me really happy with this episode is at the end when they talked to them they all seemed like they actually wanted to start yeah. sewing like it, it, it encouraged Definitely. them to you know what 
let's give this a go. Yeah, no, that was a really, really nice bit that they all seemed encouraged to continue going on and exploring and trying out new things. And that's really what we need at the moment. We need more people just to try out new crafts. I mean, lockdowns had us all kind of in a deep state of depression and anxiety. And actually crafting can really give you that nice little distraction. Yes, it's an expensive hobby once you start. And I will warn people now, don't be prepared to ever go on holiday ever again if you start crafting because all of a sudden you will suddenly need that box on eBay that's filled with antique buttons and you're not even sure if most of them are real or working or what they're made out of. But yeah, it's it was just lovely to see a group of people sit and go, you know what, I've really enjoyed this and I want to continue it. Definitely. And did you enjoy the the Vivian um, Vivian Westwood, Pete Burns, Spin Me Right Round section at the end? It was definitely an interesting one. I wasn't expecting it. Um, yeah, I didn't necessarily feel like it was necessary. Uh, but I mean, the Vivian is very talented. I just, for me, I, the sewing bee is all about the sewing. Um, but then I suppose they did give Denise a chance to sing on the last episode. So I thought it was probably only fair. It was a nice little festive touch. I need to stop being a Grinch about certain things anyway. So, yeah, we'll we'll let it slide. <laughs> so that was our celebrity festive uh, sewing bee. That it was. And the... Season 7 of The Great British Sewing Bee will be back on April 20th, I believe. And somebody told me is actually moving to BBC <gasps> One, which is quite a big wow. change. I'm not sure if that's right. I read that on a sewing um, Facebook page, I think, that somebody had put. So I'm not 100% sure. So don't quote me on that. But if it is going to BBC One, then that is a really big change. Yeah, weren't we on BBC One originally, then it moved to bbc2 or am i just imagining things it might have been it might have been bbc1 originally like back in the day but i know the last couple series have definitely been bbc2 um but i guess it's the last series must have been so popular that they thought we can stick it back on kind of prime time well that just makes me happy and rob and i would quite like to know whilst there's going to be a little bit of a break between uh, now and when sewing bee comes back on air again We'd like to know what everyone's up to with their sewing crafts at the moment. What are you making? Have you bought anything recently to kind of aid in your sewing adventures? And is there anything that you want to learn? Anything new? Any new skills or tricks that you want to try and achieve this year? Think of it as a sewing New Year's resolution, apart from the fact we're nearly a week into the new year. What what are you what are you next sewing? So for? my current project at the moment, which I am actually about to start, is a set of baby clothes for a friend of mine who is due in May, and I'm very very excited because she's been my best friend for since we were in nursery. So yeah, it's I mean it's been a sudden realization that we're adults now because she's having a child of her own. Um, But yeah, so I'm currently in the process of making some baby clothes and accessories and my New Year's resolution for sewing is I'm going to learn how to quilt. 
Oh, cute. How about you? I have got four patterns already cut out, waiting to be sewn. Um, one of them is a mint green leopard shirt. Lovely. Um, and another is a kind of neoprene scuba tracksuit. Very nice. Um, but I have just discovered what zero waste sewing is. Um, and I've bought a pattern for shorts and a button shirt from a website called Code. No, it's called decodecodecode.com. It's a bit of a mouthful. Maybe I'll put in the <laughs> links. Um, and it's all about, um, it's a designer um, called Danielle who has started making patterns where you get a square or rectangle fabric and you use every single every single piece of it. There is no scrap left wow. over whatsoever. So um, it's some quite interesting patterns. There's some quite interesting cutting. Um, so I'm going to give those a go. And uh, if they work out, they will be going on my Instagram. Um, and if they don't, no one will have ever heard of this. <laughs> Um, so that's what I, I'm going to give. I'm going to give zero waste sewing a go because I've got massive. I've got bags of little bits of scrap offcuts, yeah. which I never know what to do with, but I can't throw them yeah. away. So that's one thing I'm doing. And I've started designing some patterns because I want to get some fabric printed. So I'm opening a Spoonflower account and I'm going to start printing some Golden Girls and some cheeky camp gay patterns as well fantastic so my new year sewing fantastic projects. yeah good luck with the uh drafting your own patterns that is one of my challenges at the moment but it's great fun when it finally works out um also we should say to people that in the little break between now and april we will be doing special episodes where we will be doing interviews from previous contestants we've already got i think three lined up so me and Sean just need to work out when we're going to do our little interviews. Maybe every couple of weeks we can do one and post it for you guys to listen to and find out about how previous contestants found the Sewing Bee. Uh, we also have some um, Sewing Bee Unpicked merch. We have some T-shirts with all proceeds going to fund this podcast. So if you fancy helping us out and want to buy a T-shirt or something with some fun little cute sewing designs on i can put links to those uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail you can do it on www.anchor.fm backslash sewing be unpicked you can email us at sewing be unpicked at outlook.com you can follow us on instagram and send us a dm there with any questions or suggestions and i think that's all now so it's goodbye and from a goodbye me. from me and hope to hear from you soon. Have a happy new year, everyone.